The payments landscape is changing worldwide, yet for all its technological muscle, the U.S. lags behind the rest of the world. What's going on with payments, and how can financial services organizations not only keep pace with changes, but embrace them? To find out more this week, we'll be talking with payments expert Ian Schweid. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that'll help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. It's great to have you here with us. Our podcast publishes on Mondays, and you can subscribe through Apple's podcast app, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And our guest today on the program, and we're very privileged to have him, is Ian Schweid. Ian is the Senior Vice President Director of Electronic Services at Coconut Grove Bank in the Miami-Fort Lauderdale area. And let's tell you a little bit about his resume, which is impressive. Ian currently serves on the Federal Reserve Bank's Faster Payments Task Force. And during the last 20 years, Ian has led the effort for three successful community banks to engage clients electronically. He has created the strategic vision that allowed these banks to thrive in the competitive and rapidly changing landscape of digital services within the banking segment. Ian, it's great to have you here today. Thanks, Lou. I'm excited to be with you as well. So interesting, the timing of this podcast is that just last week, the Federal Reserve Bank's Faster Payments Task Force published some new documents. And I was wondering if you could clue us in on what the content was and why it's crucial to what's going on in payments today. You know, as, as you may or may not know, there are a lot of countries out there that already have faster payment initiatives up and running. Um, I think there's over 25 of them right now, if I'm not mistaken. So in some ways, the U.S. is actually falling behind. Mm. You know, we have thousands and thousands of banks where, you know, places like uh, Singapore and Australia and others, you know, they only have a handful of banks. And most of them uh, have a very tight connection with the government entities in those countries. So for them to get these initiatives up and running is a little bit easier than it is in our in our country. So the Federal Reserve put this task force together to kind of help kickstart that. I see. And as part of that effort, they put, we put out a report last week that really kind of was the foundational document, if you will, that talks about the landscape of the current payments environment as we see it, uh, as well as what the structure and functions of the task force are, how it came together, how it's going to be trying to build a path towards safer, faster, ubiquitous payments. That's, that is the stated goal. The uh, stereotype, or maybe it's a deserved reputation, is that with Silicon Valley, that we would be ahead, that we would be far ahead, but we're actually lagging behind. I mean, that's incredible to me. Just, you know, for oversimplification, in some countries you can get a dozen people in a room and they represent all the financial institutions and the government regulating bodies and they can, you know, over lunch or a few days figure out how they want to... <laughs> Your transactions faster and communicate faster, and then they can ultimately do it. But it doesn't exactly work that way here in the U.S. because our market is so much more open from a financial services standpoint. So along those lines, right, connecting the world of fintech, and here comes that word, wait for it, disruptive, right? Uh, fintech has been so disruptive in the banking industry. Um, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges around the convergence of fintech and payments? From my vantage point, I think that depends on 
the segment of the market that you're in. Obviously, larger institutions have lots of resources relative to smaller institutions, so they can make multiple bets, if you will. The smaller institutions, most of the ones I've been involved with, um, you know, we're sitting back and waiting to see which way everybody's really moving before we invest the limited resources that we have. Um, so the challenge is, you know, really which entities do you align yourself with and, and which ones do we think are going to be the most impactful for our clients? Well put. I'm wondering why is electronic integration such an important issue at this particular place in time for financial services? Yeah, that's a pretty simple one for me. It really just boils down to adoption rates. Um, clients have come to expect the same experience from our banks as they get from organizations like Apple and Amazon and, you know, lots of other technology-based companies. You know, they expect the one-click checkout, right? That's what you get when you buy something on a lot of websites. Mm -hmm. um, to have one-click account. Unfortunately, it's not quite there yet today. But, you know, if we don't improve our engagement and our ability to deliver, you know, financial institutions risk getting disintermediated from our clients uh, as other types of organizations ultimately fill the service gap that's created when we don't act. Yeah, I think that it is all about engagement and delivery when you think about it. You know, if we don't do it, somebody else will serve our clients and, and none of us in the banking industry should want that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we know that the U.S. is behind on payments. We're going to be catching up. I think a lot of people place faith in that. That's what the Faster Payments Task Force is all about. If we were to look right now, what kind of revolutions uh, do you see or that might be in development that will promise to change the payments landscape? Well, Lou, if I knew exactly what that was going to be, I promise you I'd be out investing in it instead. <laughs> But, you know, for me, I don't know that I would use the word revolution. I, I believe it's going to be more of an evolution, um, but it will change the way payments are processed in the future. There's no question about it. Um, I think that the um, that the work of the task force will prove in, in you know, in, in retrospect, will prove to be a real milestone in the evolution of faster and safer payments. Um, I know that the goals are to, to create an ecosystem that will enable multiple solution providers to be successful. And that is really what, um, what I think the Fed wants. I know it's what the task force wants um, because there are some extremely creative ideas out there about how we can exchange value. Um, and some of them are uh, an extension of our current processes and, and, and systems. And some of them are radically different. Um, including digital currency and things of that nature, um, obviously blockchain and, and whatnot. So there's, there's potential, I think, in all of them to meet different types of use cases. If we look ahead a decade from now, what do you expect to see? I think in 10 years, we'll, we'll see something that feels like a revolution, really. What, what ultimately is going to happen is we'll have different types of electronic devices, you know, be that phones or PCs or wearables or appliances or cars, you know, in, in real time with 100% confidence, you know, completing transactions, literally making purchases on our behalf based on parameters that we determine. I mean, you know, if you want, I can give you an example. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Imagine that your self-driving car drops you off at your office for the day's work. And while after it does that, it goes to a gas station brand that you've pre-selected to fill up. When it arrives at the station, it communicates directly with the pump to make the purchase of whatever fuel it needs. And your account, you know, I'm air quoting here, your account, whether that be a bank account, a credit card account, a gas station account, uh, you know, some other account yet to be determined, is directly charged for the fuel that you purchased. 
and you pre-authorize this particular station for this particular dollar amount to charge that account. And so your car and your station complete that transaction, and then your car comes back to your office and waits for you to go out to lunch. That is incredible. I mean, when you talk about 10 years from now, I mean, that is absolutely something I think that's viable. Yeah, so you're brewing your coffee in the morning, you're sitting down and having a bowl of cornflakes, and meanwhile, the refrigerator is uh, arranging a payments transaction for you. What an exciting you know, world we're heading into. It's absolutely possible. And, and I think, you know, we're just sort of waiting for some of those things to come together and faster payments that are more secure will, will help fuel some of that. We've got this incredible trajectory of progress. FinTech is spurring that. The banks that are getting smart are spurring that. The task force is spurring that. But still, there might be misconceptions out there, uh, misunderstandings that are either blocking the progress or um, preventing people from adopting. What do you see um, as being some of those misunderstandings that uh, might be affecting the conversation? I think one of the misconceptions is, is that we're going to have instant high levels of penetration for all these new services and that just overnight things will change. But it really just it doesn't happen that way. You know, even great new solutions take time to reach their full potential. Right. So, you know, if we build the greatest payment systems on the planet that are available to every person at, you know, basically zero cost, there will still be some people that choose not to leverage them. And they'll still decide to carry cash or write checks or, or whatever. I mean, the death of traditional methods, it could be a generation away or more. So I, I think the misconception is, is that this new payment technology or whatever, although it will be great and it will enable lots of things to happen, it's not going to replace the current modes of value transfer. It will add to them. If you take a look back in the history I mean, the payments universe, really, there's never been the discontinuation of any payment method, right? The oldest methods in the world today, barter and cash and that stuff still exists. And it probably will in some form in certain segments for a really long time, no matter how far the technology pushes past. That is spot on as far as uh, I'm concerned, because the analogy I think about is technology in media and communication. There was radio. And then suddenly when television came along, people said, radio is dead. But that never quite happened. And then you were able to uh, do peer-to-peer in music. Well, radio is dead again. And that didn't happen. And then it was all about video on YouTube. Well, television is dead. And that didn't happen. So to your point, thinking about this as an in addition to as opposed to and instead of. Uh, it's it's going to be moving ahead, but it's also going to be keeping other traditional forms of payments that have been around for generations, and in, in some cases, uh, you know, hundreds, thousands of years, right? Barter, for example. That's, uh, that's about as old a payments method as it gets. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a buggy whip or two, you know, that will, will go by the wayside. But for the most part, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of things uh, coexist. Yes, absolutely. And as sort of a parting shot here, as you fan out into the community, not only as a thought leader and an action leader, but someone who um, maybe to a certain extent is an evangelist, um, what message uh, do you want to send out to your colleagues and, and to people listening to the podcast in terms of uh, how 
to adapt to and be part of this new reality that we see evolving? I firmly believe that some of this stuff, especially in the payment space, we've been talking about for a long time. And it's going to move very rapidly, I believe, in the next 18, maybe 24 months out of just something that's being talked about to something that's actually being done. I mean, within the marketplace, we're already starting to see players that are launching things on a small or medium scale. And there are going to be a couple new players coming to market. And then those market players that exist today, I think, are going to really be ramping up their offerings. So now is absolutely the time to make sure that you're keeping up with you know, this type of information right here, what's going on in the market, some of the sources that are available from, you know, places specifically like BAI and others that, um, you know, some great conferences that are out there about what's happening in the marketplace, because it is going to, to start to go very fast from theoretical to practical. Absolutely, you should be keeping your ear to the ground, number one. If you're not already doing that, you're behind a bit, probably. Um, you know, the Federal Reserve does have a great website um, for this task force. If you want to keep up with it, it's called Fed and paymentimprovement.org. The two things that you can do is engage with your clients and find out what types of things they're wanting or needing to help push their businesses further. And then the other thing I would tell you to do is, uh, is really, again, to press with those vendors or your technology teams about how um, how they're looking at the future and how you can start to either test or run pilot programs in your own shop to start to understand these things. Because there's going to be a learning curve. Um, and the sooner you get on that learning curve, obviously, the sooner you get to the top of it. And uh, and you don't want to be behind, I think, well, if your competitors are, uh, are already at the top and you're still trying to figure it all out. Ian, what a fantastic conversation today. Thank you so much for your insights in terms of the world of payments and where we're headed. Hey, Lou, I really appreciate it. It's been a real honor being involved. You asked, uh, you know, I think your questions really show that you guys really understand the the points that are important when it comes to this topic and and what's going on out there in the marketplace. That's uh, quite a compliment, Ian. Thank you so much. Ian Schweid is the Senior Vice President Director of Electronic Services at Coconut Grove Bank, and he serves on the Federal Reserve Bank's Faster Payments Task Force. If you want to get in touch with Ian, he's on LinkedIn. Be sure to seek him out. So here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, the changes in the payments landscape are not theoretical at this point. They are happening as we speak. Keep on top of what's going on now. Watch for the changes and be prepared to embrace them to make sure that you maintain a meaningful advantage in the marketplace. Number two, Despite the U.S.'s reputation as a leader in technology and finance, more than 25 countries have faster payments initiatives. However, the U.S. market is already beginning to move toward faster payments capabilities, and this trend is continuing to gain momentum. The technology does exist in the U.S. to deliver faster payment solutions. And number three, Take advantage of the great information that continues to come out about the changes in payments. The Faster Payments Task Force that Ian is a part of has released its final report, part one, the Faster Payments Task Force approach. It's available for download at fedpaymentsimprovement.org. And again, that's all one word, fedpaymentsimprovement.org. And by the way, BAI participates in the Faster Payments Task Force as well. It's part of our mission to drive positive change in the industry. 
And as we wind things down here, I thought I would share a little bit of the work that the Faster Payments Task Force has done in this new report. Some really fascinating data points. Uh, for example, the number of checks in the U.S. has been more than halved between 2000 and 2015. At the same time, debit card use has grown more than 600%. And at most recent count, more than a dozen countries have implemented faster payment solutions with several others in the deployment and early planning stages. These include Japan, South Korea, Mexico, China, the United Kingdom, and Singapore. You can check out the list on page 30 of the Faster Payments Task Force report. And this encouraging word from the conclusion of the report Coordinated action from payment industry stakeholders can help prevent further fragmentation of the market, promote greater interoperability, and create an environment for new innovations to be rolled out to a broad base of end users safely and efficiently. And that's what we want to see. Safe and efficient, the future of payments. And remember, if you have a question or comment, you can email me at lcarlozo, that's L-C-A-R-L-O-Z-O at BAI.org. Again, thanks for tuning in. I'm Lou Carlozo, the managing editor at BAI and the host of BAI Banking Strategies. We'll see you next week. So long.